When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following the podcast. Of course, our YouTube page here, 94 WIP. Subscribe. You get all the videos. Myself, Tucker, and of course, High hopes and uh, and clap your hands and go birds and all those guys on our feed here. Plus a lot of great content on the uh, 94 WIP stream of the uh, the actual station of the midday show, morning show, afternoon, all that on our YouTube page. And of course, today is all about reacting to what I thought was the best game of the NFL season: the Eagles and the Cowboys. I mean, you want? I mean, that game had everything yesterday: high level quarterback play on both sides, drama at the end, defensive plays, offensive plays questionable coaching, great coaching. It was, I mean, it really lived up to the billing. It was, the way I viewed it, it was the most dramatic Eagles victory at the link since they beat the Falcons to get to the NFC Championship game after the 2017 season. I mean, they just really haven't had many dramatic big wins at home where it felt like that. You know, last year was a great season, but the, the, the games at home, there were blowouts in the, in the playoffs. So the, during the season, they were mostly blowouts. In the playoff games, they were over by halftime, you know, between the Giants and the 49ers. We haven't had many of those games. 2021, they won a lot of road games, and it was kind of a weird playoff year. 2020, they were bad. 2019, I guess the Cowboys game late you could put up with this, but this was a better football game. 2018, there were some. The Texans game late in the season, I thought it was Foles, one of the best games ever. But it was kind of like we weren't even sure what kind of team that was. Were they really going to make the playoffs? You got to go back to the Super Bowl year in 2017. So it's been a long time since the link had that kind of atmosphere. All right. I've got five big takeaways on what happened here. We'll get Tucker uh, to give his thoughts on the game and and what we saw yesterday. So I, I think the biggest takeaway is these teams are who we thought they were. And that and that's for everything. Like everything you feel about the Eagles, everything you might feel about the Cowboys – they showed it to you yesterday, okay? The Eagles are winners. They find a way. This is the third time this season they've been outgained by 90-plus yards and won the game. They have so many high-level players that when push comes to shove, someone's going to make a play. Maybe it's Jalen Hurts. Maybe it's A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. Maybe it's their array of pass rushers. Maybe it's one of their great or used to be great corners. Like, But someone's going to make a play because this roster is top to bottom the best in the NFL. The Eagles find a way. They seem to step up late in the game, even if the fourth quarter is not going their way like it was yesterday. They find a way to win. 22-2 and in Jalen Hurts' last 24 starts dating back 
to the regular season last year. And this is the regular season statistics, 22 and two. Like that's a remarkable winning percentage in the NFL. You just don't see that. I mean, that's, that's Tom Brady, Bill Belichick kind of winning percentage to go 22 and two over a 24 game span. They win. And on the other side, the Cowboys talented, have their chances, you know, have a ton of high level players, just like the Eagles, but almost find a way to lose. Like the Eagles were in essence giving that game away in the fourth quarter. They couldn't get a first down. Dallas had the last 16 first downs of the game, three and out, three and out, three and out. And then the last defensive drive. I mean, those penalties are ridiculous. Bradbury on the defensive pass interference and then the late hit by Reddick on Dak. I mean, they just, they set the Cowboys up to have the ball on the six yard line, but then Dallas does what they always do. And that is bungle late game situations. I mean, the fact that they had the ball First to go from the six and ended with Dak throwing the ball from about the, I don't know, the 30, the 28 is crazy. It it is crazy. They let that opportunity slip away, but this is who they are. The Cowboys, when they have a chance to run up the score in someone, to beat the crap out of someone, which they'll do to the Giants next week, they'll do to Carolina, they'll do to Washington on Thanksgiving. Dallas, and we'll get to, it's probably going to reel off three straight wins by like, you know, 60 points here in the next three weeks, and that'll lead to the next Eagles showdown. It'll be a big game, but we know what happens. When Dallas is in a tight situation, they don't execute. You even go to the Dak Prescott, you know, stepping out of bounds on the right sideline before he gets in for the two-point conversion, which totally changed the scoring of that game. They they just they don't do the little things to win big games. The Eagles do enough of the winning things to win big games. The second takeaway is Jalen Hurts is really remarkable. He is a remarkable quarterback. I think that some of the early season turnover issues, some which were on him, some which weren't, kind of clouded his numbers to start the season. But you watch what he's doing right now, and you look at the numbers he's now putting up, and and we're back to the level about halfway through the season where he's clearly, statistically, back to being a top, you know, seven quarterback in the NFL, depending on what metric we want to use. I mean, he's, he's near the top of passing yards, which I never thought we'd see, considering the kind of player he was coming out of college. He's up there now, and he's getting up there in passer rating, QBR. I think he's top six or seven. He's up there now in everything after a slower start. And you start adding it up. We're watching the greatest quarterback in Eagles history. I said that last year. I believe it now. What he's doing through pain and what he's doing through, you know, not being 100%, he reminds me so much of Steve McNair, who used to play like this in you know, the first third of his career where he just – he just – played through anything, and and he willed his team to victories. And then as a thrower, I mean, Jalen Hurts has reeled off a few straight weeks of plus 70% completion. His completion percentage for the season is close to 70 now, which is a really stunning number, considering he was at 52% in his four-game sample as a rookie. He just always seems to make a good throw. I mean, it just the ball comes out of his hands, and it goes typically where it is supposed to go accurately with the ability for, for receivers to do some of the, with it. He's a great quarterback. And, and the Eagles, as long as they have that guy on their side, they're going to win a lot of football games. Third takeaway is you know, this pass rush, although they may have moments where they don't get near the quarterback, like Dak had some time yesterday at some throws, and he picked them apart. They can't be stopped for four straight quarters. It, it, it's you know, the relief the Eagles offense has knowing they have the tush push in their back pocket, that's the way I feel about the defense with the pass rush, that when push comes to shove, they're going to get to the quarterback. They did it against the Rams late in that game. They did it against the Jets late in the game. They did it against Washington late in the game. They did it, of course, yesterday, late in the game. They get 
to the quarterback late in the game. And it's because they have so many guys. Like, they're never tired at the end of a game. I, I thought there were moments yesterday with Micah Parsons, who played well. He always plays well. He had a sack and a half yesterday. I thought he was really good against the run. And that's what always says he, everyone says he can't really do it, doesn't want to do. I thought he was good against the run. He looked winded. He looked tired at some moments in that game because he plays. You know, I, I looked last week at Big Parsons playing well over 80% of the snaps. That's a lot. Now, I know linebackers could play – you know, a lot of snaps. Cunningham played almost everyone yesterday, but not a pass rush. The pass rush takes a lot out of players. That's why the Eagles and smart teams rotate. So, you know, Parsons to play 80% at the level he plays at and the hybrid role he plays at, I'm not surprised he's winded at some points late in the game. The Eagles guys aren't winded. Brandon Graham's not winded because he's playing limited snaps. Josh Sweat isn't winded. Reddick isn't winded. They are fresh late in the game. The waves they bring at teams, they could finish the game. They could make a play late in the game because those guys just keep coming and they have and they're spelled throughout the game. That pass rush, you may stop it for one quarter, you may stop it for two quarters. Heck, you might stop for three quarters. But if it's a close game, they're coming and they're going to get you in the fourth quarter at some point. Just really, it's as deep of a pass rush as as we've seen in the NFL for the past two years. It's always been the Eagles' mo. It was like this in seventeen. It was like it in eighteen. You know, Howie Roseman in that, that video was out yesterday of him going crazy on the sideline. He should be so proud of the team he's put together and the kind of team he's put together. Because after, you know, a career early with Howie where it was like, does he know what he's doing? Can he draft? He's figured the system out. I mean, he has figured out what he's doing here because the team he puts out there every week has the better offensive line. They have the deeper defensive line and they have likely the better quarterback in every game they're going to play. Maybe there's a couple, and probably not to the Super Bowl, where you say, yeah, that guy on their side is a little bit better than Jalen. But, I mean, there's not many of those guys. There's a couple. I, I said before the season, I thought it was Mahomes and it was Burrow. I wouldn't change that list. I, I still think Hurts is the third-best quarterback in the NFL. He might win the MVP. And, and Howie deserves credit for building this, especially that defensive line. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Um, the four takeaway. We'll get Tucker coming up here in, in a minute with his thoughts uh, after I hit four and five. So... Yesterday, and you look at some of the projections I saw last night, the New York Times simulator had the Eagles at something like an 89% chance uh, or 99% chance to make the playoffs. And it was, you know, it was a big number to make the play, you know, to win the division and all that kind of stuff to get the bye. Here's what yesterday did. Yesterday gave the Eagles an incredible chance to win the NFC East. They're up two and a half games with a half a season to play. And it gave them an incredible chance to get the bye. Now, I mentioned earlier Dallas' schedule. We know the Eagles' schedule is going to be the opposite. Dallas, I believe, will win their next three games heading into the next Eagles game. How many will the Eagles win? I don't know. I mean, I think it's probably either one or two of these next three games. I would Two and one would be a good, a good stretch here, considering it's Kansas City, then short week Buffalo, who could be desperate, and then San Francisco, who I believe will be coming off of extra rest heading into that game. So it's it's a it's a lot of tough rest spots. You know, it's either even with Kansas City, less rest than Buffalo, less rest than San Francisco. It's going to be tough. Dallas will probably run off three blowouts in a row and will set up this big marquee showdown 
in Dallas. Here's the key, though. Look at the schedule beyond the next Eagles-Cowboys game. The Eagles have to go to Seattle. That will not be easy. But then the Eagles end the season with, I mean, tomato cans. The Giants, the Cardinals, the Giants. Those are three wins. Dallas ends the season. They have Miami sprinkled in there. They have Detroit sprinkled in there. So, And I think they have Buffalo late in the season as well. So they have really tough games post the next Eagles game. So here's what I'm saying. Is the division over? No. Are the Eagles likely to win it? Yes. Could it get hairy over the next month where Dallas gets back in this? Maybe even they're in first place a month from now? Yes. But the Eagles getting yesterday and having the final three games of the season and the schedule the way it is, it sets up where the Eagles are have a great chance now to win the NFC. So yesterday really was a difference-making victory for the Eagles. And the last one, a couple issues, because it wasn't perfect yesterday. The Eagles still can't run the football, and it's why they went three and out three times in the fourth quarter. They can't run the ball. It's becoming a long-term issue now. It is the worst Eagles run game we've seen in a long time. The Dallas Goddard injury, obviously, is a big one. Just like last year, he's going to be difficult to replace. And Kevin Bayard, I mean, I'm getting shades of the Golden Tate trade, where we were all excited about it, and then you're like, hmm. I'm not seeing him with Kevin Bayard right now. We'll see if he improves, but hopefully makes a pick six or a big interception at a playoff game. And it's like we forgive it like Golden Tate, but so far have not been impressed. Tucker, your takeaways after the Eagles escape and get a win at 28-23, 8-1. They just win every week. Yeah, and you know, like you said at the start of the show, I thought this was the best game of the year across the NFL. The the quarterback play I thought was the highest we've seen on on both sides, and saw a lot of people criticizing the Eagles' pass rush for for most of the game. They obviously finished with five sacks because of you know how things ended, but I think people are going to be surprised when the the pass rushing numbers come out on Pro Football Focus later today. The Eagles are going to have like seventeen or eighteen pressures on Dak Prescott. I, I thought they did a good job getting into the backfield, but Credit Prescott for avoiding the pressure and really extending plays with, with his legs. And my big issue with the defense right now is that secondary. Kevin Byer doesn't look like an all-pro safety. I'm starting to think Howie Roseman didn't get an all-pro caliber player for whatever he gave up, a, a six-round pick. Maybe that, that wasn't as big of a robbery as we initially thought. But Darius Slay and James Bradbury have been just as big of a concern the, the last month or two. Um, Darius Slade doesn't look like the the guy he was a year ago. James Bradbury. James Bradbury last year held quarterbacks for, I think, a 50 passer rating when he was targeted. This year, it's like 125. He, he hasn't really been anywhere close to the guy the Eagles paid. And now you're kind of stuck with two quarterbacks on the wrong side of 30, not just for this year, but next year, too. The Eagles really invested highly in those two guys in the back end of their defense. And their decline seems to be, you know, picking up a little bit more. And that fourth quarter offense, that was kind of worrisome because you had three possessions to really step on the Cowboys' throw, put the game out of reach. You go three and out on all three of them. And that last play call on third and three where they go deep to A.J. Brown, I just thought it was weird because you mentioned like they, they didn't run the ball well all game. DeAndre Swift had a couple of nice runs or shot Penny, got two token carries to start the second half. And they're, they're, they're the only two snaps he played all day. He never got in the rest of the game. But on third and three, I mean, isn't this a team that's entire offense is based around converting short yardage and putting themselves in, in third and one and fourth and one situations to, to you know pick up a first down and keep the chains moving? And to not run the ball there or to not give yourself a chance to convert a, a fourth and one, I just thought it was weird. And maybe it was too late and too high stakes that Nick Sirianni wouldn't have gone for it there on fourth and one on their own side of the 50-yard line with only a couple minutes to go. But 
I just it it didn't feel like it fits what this team normally does. It, it felt aggressive, certainly, but for a team that their entire offensive identity is we're going to get to fourth and one and run over you to just avoid getting to that situation at that point in time in the game didn't really make a whole lot of sense. It didn't. No, it was weird. And we've seen it before. They they did this getting in Washington last week. They had a, a, a similar kind of play. They just those have been the really odd play calls for the Eagles this year. And Tucker's right. I mean, third and three, you get it to fourth and one. He's Sirianni's probably going for it. I mean, it's it's, it's automatic, and he did it in the first quarter twice anyway. I mean, he's he's, sh- he's shown he'll go for it on his own side of the field because that's who the Eagles are. Look, they got away with it yesterday. They got away with a lot of things, the fumbles. I mean, that steam recovery late in the game, I couldn't believe it. You got Swift and AJ running to each other. The Eagles are not perfect. They're not a perfect 8-1 and team, but they're 8-1. and They win every week. They're in great position to win the NFC East, have a really good chance to be the number one seed, even with games coming up that are going to be tricky, starting in Kansas City two weeks from tonight. What a win over the Dallas Cowboys. The game of the year, great quarterback play on both sides, dramatic moments in the game, the most dramatic victory the Eagles have had at the link, I believe, since the Falcons playoff game in January of 2018. Thanks so much for listening, watching, subscribing. We'll talk tomorrow on WIP Daily.